Hey, it's me, Lisa P, and welcome to It's Called Life, where I deep dive into topics like motherhood, womanhood, society, culture, and all the other crazy things that make up this thing we call life. And today I'm going to be having some conversations with my mutual friend, Victoria Yost. She is time and tenderness on all her social handles, and she is what I would consider a professional homemaker. So I can't wait to deep dive into all the things about being a modern homemaker, stay-at-home mom, wife, stay-at-home wife, whatever you want to call it, because she is a wealth of knowledge, and I can't wait to have some more chats with her. So Victoria is joining me now. This is Victoria Yost from Time and Tenderness. Thank you for joining me today, Victoria. Thank you for having me. And for people who don't know your content, would you just explain a little bit about kind of the stuff that you share online? Because I think it is such a helpful wealth of knowledge for people. So I do like cooking, cleaning, and homemaking content. And homemaking is like a really big umbrella term because it's not just about cooking and cleaning, but mainly about tips and advice and tricks on how to make your home a home. I love that. So, and did you learn all of this stuff? This was my like number one question. I was so interested. Did you learn all of these things from your mom? Yeah, I did. I mostly learned from my mom, but also other women in my life. Um, Because my mom, she did spend a huge chunk of my childhood as a stay-at-home mom. But there was periods in my life growing up where she did have to go back to work, either full-time or part-time. So there were other women in my life who took over, family friends who my mom trusted and my dad trusted as well, and they stepped in. And I was just a – I've always been a very observant person. So there's always – I like to observe, and that's how I learned That's amazing. That's like the true village aspect of like (laughs) having a little bit of everybody, little hands in the pot teaching you everything. And I find that so useful. So being a homemaker isn't what it used to be, I guess. It's now, in my opinion, a full-on profession. Mm -hmm. Um, This is very much, and I'm uh, as well a homemaker, housewife, stay-at-home mom, but I feel like I lost, I didn't get that sort of knowledge. So I had to learn a lot on my own. And I found that very difficult. And especially when you consider homemaking as a job, I mean, absolutely comes with its own skills and its own tricks and its own routines and its own like job description. Um, so I love that you share the knowledge that you have for maybe some like, you know, first time moms just starting to have to take care of a kid and a house and and all of that all on their own. Yeah. First time moms, first time wives, because especially me, I lived at home until I got married. So then I all, all of a sudden had a home of my own that I was fully responsible for. My husband helped. He does help a lot. But then it was like, okay, I don't have a mom and dad, a sibling that also can help do things. So I have to kind of figure this out on my own. And it is it is a career. And that's how I approach my time at home. Because when I was working outside of the home, I had these routines. I had, I've talked about these in other videos that I posted online. I had like opening routines and closing routines, just mm-hmm. routines that helped make my day when I worked run more efficiently. So I kind of applied that mindset to my homemaking life. And a lot of people, they don't like when I say that because they let, they're like, I don't want my time at home to feel like work. But the thing is, is that work is everywhere. It is a job. Yeah. Yeah. No matter what you do, whether you work outside of the home or you are a full-time stay-at-home parent or person, you have to do work. Uh, Work is defined as something that is repetitive that needs to be done regularly. So- Mm -hmm. It is work, unfortunately, but you can set yourself up 
for success by having routines, by changing your mentality about it. And it becomes just more efficient and more enjoyable. I also think taking pride in it is a huge thing. So when I became a first-time stay-at-home mom, I think it took me about four years to kind of have that mindset that you're talking about where you like have an efficiency and have sort of more of like a sense of command almost Mm -hmm. over your environment um, and over your routine and your daily tasks. And the sense of pride kind of came with that because when you go from working to staying home, you know, I feel like we're conditioned as, as, especially as women in a society that working outside of the home is the only place where you can take pride from your labor and your work. Mm -hmm. And so when you're not going outside the home and the home is your work, you don't get that same sense of, oh, other people value this. Right. Yeah. And being able to kind of Sorry. And to be able to just like make that shift is very difficult. And I feel like you've done such a good job at that. Thank you. And um, there's another creator that that I'm loving her videos. I think you follow her too. Um, Danita Plaid, I think her name is. I have to look up on TikTok, but she was doing that intersectionality series where she talked about how people view domestic tasks, why they view Mm -hmm. them in such a negative light. And it was because not so long ago. Yes. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Yes. Not so long ago, domestic tasks were done by the help, which were always primarily predominantly low, either low income women or minority women. So that and people meant, really don't like when I bring that up. Yeah. And like even myself as a Latina, as a Puerto Rican woman, sometimes I get that mentality like, oh, I have to do this. I wish somebody else could do this. But it's just just so prevalent in society and ingrained subliminally through media, through messaging, that we should be better than these domestic tasks. They should be, we should obtain a status in which we should have people doing that for us. But Mm -hmm. that's not the reality for many of us. And, you know, only a select a few people get to (laughs) obtain the money and the accessibility to have that type of help. And doing domestic tasks is not beneath anybody. Even if you, I'm sure Bill Gates once in a while. Especially men. Right. (laughs) I'm sure Bill Gates once in a while had to unclog his own toilet at two in the morning because there was no help in the mansion. They all had gone home for the day. So none of us, no matter who we are, what our race is, what our gender is, doing domestic tasks is not beneath us. No. Well, being self-sufficient is such a skill set in and of itself. And that requires learning how to cook, learning how to clean, learning how to take care of your own spaces. But touching on the um, the topic that you were just talking about, that how there is this unspoken history of domestic labor being beneath, let's just call it like upper class white people. Mm-hmm. There is this... Um, And again, like my background comes from that. So seeing it from the inside, even today, there is this, and this is kind of why I left my house with very few domestic skills, is there is this, um, it's almost like a status symbol of ineptitude. Mm -hmm. And it's like the less that you know how to do, it's, it's like a social signifier of, oh, I've never had to do that. Yeah. And I've Um, actually had friends like my generation who they've grown up and they did not know how to do their laundry until they moved out mm -hmm. of their house. Their their mom did their laundry for them, but their mom was like, oh, you don't ever have to worry about this. One day you're going to be better than me and you don't ever have to worry about this. But 
newsflash, they did have to worry about it and they well, were suddenly in their 20s economic cycles all of us grew up you know our parents were living the the heyday of the 70s and 80s and the 90s and like millennials we we inherited a different world there are a lot mm -hmm. of people that did not usually you know when you talk about generational wealth and you talk about social status in in wealth it it usually goes you know up from generations um that did not happen for our generation. No. And a lot of people not only didn't reach the economic potential of their parents, but went backwards. Um, so I think the content that you create because of this, especially this economic downturn that our generation found ourselves in is so important because a lot of people weren't equipped with that knowledge, whether by assuming they would have somebody to do it or just general and like, general ineptitude, general, like a lot of people don't have this passed down knowledge. And I know I've learned more about cleaning and cooking and maintaining a home and like, I don't know, just raising chickens and stuff from TikTok <laughs> than I ever would have from like the, the people in the community around me. And I think right. there's so many more people that are looking to social media to find these lost arts and homemaking is an amazing, it's an art and it's a skill set. Yeah. So I, when I, I got started with con online content creation in 2018, I started with a YouTube channel and I was just doing cleaning compilations, just clean with me, speed cleaning power hours. Cause I was enjoying watching those videos because I had, we had just moved into this house here from the place that we were renting. This was a much bigger space. I needed to find a routine and I was enjoying watching other people clean. Mm -hmm. So I was like, hmm, maybe if I make videos myself, it'll motivate me to stay on top of things. And as I was watching other people online, because online is a great tool, a great learning resource. And so that's kind of how I got started with online content creation. It was just YouTube first. And I started getting emails and messages, people asking me specific questions. And if I didn't know the answer, I would call my mother-in-law up or I would call my mom or I would Google or I would just ask around anybody who I thought might know. And I would get back to those people that sent me a message and it just snowballed from there. And I was just strictly on YouTube and, and, and uh, Instagram for the longest time from 2018 to about 2020. And then COVID happened. And then TikTok. <laughs> I got bored. I downloaded TikTok. My homemaking stuff at first on TikTok did not take off. My birth doula things did because on the side I do I do birth doula stuff, but I, I stopped I doing that. Which one I found you from? Right. Honestly. <laughs> it could have been either because I follow a lot of doulas, but then I also follow a lot of like homemaking content. So like you're right up my alley, really. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I decided to leave birth talk last year just because cleaning gives me so much more joy, and doing online content creation uh, for geared towards the home brings me so much more joy. And now that I am a mother, I'm kind of taking a step back from birth doula work because yeah. I just want to focus on my son and, and the home. So I just started getting so many messages from people saying, I don't know how to do this. I wasn't taught. Your page is really helpful. Just so many emails, so many DMs, so many messages. And it just really dawned on me that so many people don't know how to do these things that I have taken for granted. Because yes, it's, I was it's taught generational knowledge. So like your parents are supposed to be, and this is where like, this is, uh, this is where I get frustrated with like my own community basically is like mm -hmm. 
your parents are supposed to make you functional adults. Like that's my biggest goal with my children to make sure that they are self-sufficient. They can live here forever if they want, but but you're going to participate in taking care of the house because you know how, right? Um, because you can't, because you're an adult at that point. Um, there's so many skills and I feel like TikTok and YouTube and all of these like content creators has like, have you seen like my Korean dad or like some of the dad TikTokers who are like older dads who teach how to like change a tire and how to like tie a tie. And like, there's all of these pieces of knowledge that should be communal and generational that just aren't being passed down. And I feel like these are the mediums now that right. people are getting them from. And I like, for one, I'm so grateful for people like you um, and like another mutual friend of ours, Rosa Picosa, yes. because like, I just, I love learning how to do this in such like a pleasing to watch way. Like it's so, it's so hypnotizing the cleaning videos and watching something go from dirty to clean and messy to tidy is so like mentally soothing. Yeah. It's both mentally soothing to watch it on video, but then when you get into that groove of doing it yourself, even if you're Mm -hmm. not filming it, it feels good. And there's, 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 there's that saying that an object in motion tends to stay in motion. I like to say that a lot when it comes to doing your daily routine, when it comes to doing your household tasks, because once you start you can't, you, you end up doing so much. And that's sometimes I'll get into a rut and I'll call my mom up and she was like, pick a corner. Cause maybe it's because I come from a Hispanic background and there is that stereotype that Hispanics, Latinos, we like to clean. (laughs) And um, maybe it is because of that cultural aspect that my mom taught me so much. Um, And she's just like, pick a corner, pick a corner and start in that corner. And then you'll find that you've done the whole room. And she, nine times out of 10, she is always right. And if I get in a rut, I just pick a corner and start. And i that's what I like to bring to my audience too, because even though I make homemaking content and cleaning content, there are weeks and there are days that I don't want to do anything, but I have to because I need to keep this house functional. I need to help my husband out and he helped me out. I need to take care of the baby. There's no, I'm not in a position that there's Housework somebody else. Never- Sleeps. It never ends. Like once it you own the ends. house, everybody thinks it's all fun and games to like own your own home. And it is like, I love having my own house, but like, even with all of the stuff, my, all the projects my husband wants to do, he's like, God, it's, I never, I'm never going to be done. I'm like, yeah, done isn't done. Isn't the goal, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's always, it's always on to the next, on to the next, on to the next. And I personally, I'm not a naturally tidy person. I have ADHD. I like, I have learned coping mechanisms and like (laughs) ways to keep myself motivated and on track, like finding a corner or starting with like a room or doing zones or, you know, like days of the week and that sort of stuff. Um, but I think I have, I think I might have a little bit of undiagnosed ADHD because I tend to like (laughs) hide things like my closets right now, my, my personal clothing closets are a disaster, but I just close the door. I'm like, everything else is clean. If I can't see it, it's clean. That's what that's called. It's like little chaotic corners where you can like have your mess. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. My, my chaotic corner is in, is in my closet and it's just, I'll close the door. That's like Monica from Friends. Do you remember her mess closet? Oh, I've actually never watched Friends. I know. Never watched Friends. I never watched Friends. No. <laughs> oh my god, that's shocking. Yeah, I didn't know people had never seen Friends. I thought I that was one that was like really across the board. Okay, highly recommended. It. It's a great yeah. Show. Everybody always says we're just not. <laughs> we're. I, I've never been a huge TV person. Like, there's a few select shows that I watch, but it's. I'd rather be. Oh, at this doing point, things. I have yeah. no time to watch shows. But right. I, I. You know, I used to binge watch it in college when I had nothing else to do, but. Um, <laughs> 
<laughs> right. Um, but I wanted to turn a couple, uh, I had a couple questions about your method of keeping your home at like the kind of housewife you are, because on social media, I feel like you get a lot of, there's like, everyone falls into like their own little, their own little basket, their own little niche. And, and I feel like people like you don't fall fully into one, even though you may seem like a certain type of housewife in, in, in the beginning. And I feel like I fall into this category mm-hmm. too. Somebody just saw me and just saw like, you know, my mom content and how I present myself. They'd be like, Oh, okay. Like traditional conservative housewife, you know, that sort of stuff. Um, but I was watching some of your videos earlier and like you have crunchy tendencies, but you're not, you're not a full crunchy mom. And I nope. love that. <laughs> nope. I love that there's moderation because I feel like on the internet, you don't find a lot of moderation. I feel like everyone's just got a flag in their camp. Yeah. I feel like everybody either goes crazy one way or crazy the other way. And me and my husband were kind of just in the middle, just coasting along. And we do fall more into the traditional marriage type role um, in that we I know you've talked about it on your channel before, um, talking about submissions and stuff, but like we kind of do that, but it's not in the way that, you know, the crazies do it in that my husband Mm -hmm. is the authoritative. It's more like he is the captain and I am the first mate and every decision we make together and we, we counsel each other and he counsels me, but I also counsel him. Um, but I have made the decision and it is my under my consent that if he needs if we need to make a decision and I don't know what to do it's like okay we've talked about it at length you make it because I can't sometimes I can be indecisive so that's the kind of relationship oh, I'm the least, we have. I'm the least decisive person on the planet. I'm extremely opinionated but I it's like a I think it's a Libra thing. I just can't make a decision <laughs> worth my life. Um but as like I, you know, I follow fall under that that category in some ways too. I know, um, like I've talked about this at length, but like our household works so incredibly well mm-hmm. because of the division of labor. Yeah, um, I think there is a lot of merit to that. I will always, I I counsel my working mom friends. And in my opinion, they're getting the short end of the stick simply because all of the domestic labor and parenting duties still fall to them. Yeah. And in my opinion, if I was out there pulling in a paycheck, it should be a lot more equal as far as the home goes. Yeah. So like, it's not equal as far as the home goes because that's my full-time job. And that's, that's how it works. It functions really well. There's so many tasks to be done to take care of a child in a home. Um, and and it's gotta be done. You know, yeah, work never and sleeps. It, it's hard to talk. Ooh, I just hit my microphone. It's hard to talk about marriage and stuff and say this is the only way that works and paint yourself like that online because everything is so nuanced and everybody's relationship is so nuanced. So that's why I kind of stick to the homemaking, cleaning side of things, but I never like give marriage advice or things like that um, because I don't know everybody's complete situation and I don't want to put something out there that might be misconstrued or somebody use and then get hurt because I didn't have the full, you know, details if, if I'm making any sense at all what's whatsoever. Yeah. No, I don't, I don't think everybody, so just because you choose to live a certain way doesn't mean you have to be the champion of that way of life. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I personally choose obviously to be very vocal about my political and ideological opinions. Um, but that's because that's the type of content that gets me excited. I mean, that that's, what I use social media for. I use it to use my voice because that is the one thing about being a stay-at-home mom that was really crushing to me. 
mm-hmm. was the lack of adult interaction, the lack of using my brain. Um, I was a, an anthropology major in, in school, and that's all about studying human nature and society and culture. So that's a passion of mine is having these discussions. Not everybody needs to do that. You will absolutely find a lot of crazy people and a lot of hate on the internet. So I don't like begrudge anybody for just doing what they do. And I actually, you know, I had to eat a little bit of humble pie about that because when, you know, some of the Roe versus Wade stuff was happening, I was very outspoken and opinionated about it. I know not everybody has the same viewpoint, but as far as like who's on my, my followers and stuff like that, like they kind of know where I stand on all that. (laughs) But I was, I was very upset and angry about, um, other content creators not using their voice in that moment. And I, I really needed to check myself, honestly, because entering into that space, into entering into that opinionated, very political, very polarizing place, um, is not everybody's responsibility Mm -hmm. and you don't owe that to anybody. Um, and especially, but especially because, you know, you can be Christian, you can be religious, you can be a submissive housewife, you can do whatever you want. It, it, that's kind of the whole point is you can do whatever you want. Yeah. It's when you try and tell people what they should be doing right. that it becomes problematic. Yeah. And that's that's kind of where I'm at with my content. And it's like, yeah, I, I'm a Christian wife. I'm this and that. But I don't feel called to say, you must do this. I'll share, mm-hmm. hey, this is what works for us. Take it or leave it. You asked, but I'm not out here saying you have to do this at 100%. And that's why I don't talk about certain topics that I might be very passionate about privately. And I might be here in my local community as a doula working with some people, supporting, you know, people here in my community, but I just don't have the strength anymore, which is why I stopped doing birth doula and pregnancy related content online. I don't have the strength to hear the stories of people coming from California when I have people here in my real life that need me to be strong for them here. So I had to really take a step back and decide where do I want to spend most of my energy? And something that I say a lot is that I like to guard my own peace. And if something is taking away from my peace, I, I, I might need to get rid of it. So that I, I that's decided- such a good lesson. And it's, it's so important because I've, I've had that conversation with myself so many times. There's been so many nights where I'm just looking over at my husband. And I'm like, I think I'm going to delete everything. Yeah. I think, I think I'm just going to leave. Right. Because it takes so much of you and it takes so much from you as far as energy um, when you do get into these like emotional topics. And then people start painting you in a certain light that you know for a fact is not true. And that's just, I didn't want to be in that space. So I'm like, what brings me absolute joy is touching on homemaking, touching on cooking, touching on cleaning. And let me just stick to that. All these well, neutral topics. Yeah. Content. That is positive stuff to be putting out into the world. Um, it's teaching people things. It is showing methods and traditions and recipes. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you cook real good. I watch you when you're, you're Thank starter. you. <laughs> and, and I'm like, one of these days I'm going to make a sourdough starter. <laughs> like, uh, she's not doing too hot right now, but cause I think I left her, it got, was really cold and then it went really hot and then really cold again. And I think she's just, I'm working on her but, right now. <laughs> So, I mean, over the past several years, and I, I started my love of homemaking, honestly, not with cleaning. Cleaning is not something I enjoy at yeah. all, but with cooking, mm-hmm. because I went to culinary school and I love cooking. And I, before I went to culinary school, I was self-taught because again, mom, not so great at the cooking. <laughs> and um, 
so learning how to bake bread, learning like how to grow my own food, learning ingredients and stuff. I used to tell my husband I wanted to live on four acres with some goats. So like if I ever peace out from the internet, that's where I'll be. We'll find um, you on a goat farm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll be on a goat farm with my kids and wellies and like just completely do a completely different life. <laughs> but um, the cooking aspect is another one that I talk about with my husband all the time. I'm like, people don't know how to cook anymore. Yeah, no, they don't. They it's don't know all, how to feed themselves. It's all processed foods. It's all pre-made. And it's like, yeah, it can take a little bit longer, but you can, you get so much more out of it. And there's some, and there's this, all the diet culture that that's out there too. eat clean this, eat clean that. If you just start cooking from scratch it mm-hmm. with simple recipes, with whole fats such as butter and olive oil. That meal yeah. is already 10 times healthier than a lean cuisine that's been greenwashed and marketed to be healthier. Absolutely. And you can still eat the full fats and the chocolate and everything, and it's still much better than you than all the processed food. I completely agree. And that has been a passion of mine, not clean eating per se, but more just ingredient-based yeah. cooking. And again, I went to culinary school, so like Take it with a grain of salt. If you don't like cooking, I, I get it, but I love cooking. So yeah, um, and, I love and cooking from too. <laughs> yeah, like and, and I enjoy the process of it. I enjoy like the entire process of it. It's very zen like to me. Um, and then I also love food. I love to eat. So like, and there's there's science with it too. Like I'm very excited for my son to get at an age. I already have him in the kitchen with me because cooking is not. Is, is a skill that everybody should learn. It is not a yeah. woman's work. It is not men's work. It is everybody's everybody's work. So, so that was something that, you know, was also ingrained into my head too. It's like, oh, I'm a girl. I can't wait to teach a girl, how, a daughter how to cook. But, I'm, but when I found out I was having a boy, I was like, no, he needs to learn how to cook too. Yeah, he so needs to learn how to cook. The first thing I put on my baby registry was that toddler tower. And I have him as soon as he could stand on his own. I can't wait to get that. My littlest yeah. is 15 months and he just got like solid enough on, on his feet to like maybe do it. Maybe won't do like super messy stuff until he's yeah. a little bit older. We're so still right now there. I'll have him in the kitchen with me and I'll hand him like the measuring cups and he can hang out with the measuring cups. He's and around I'm, like three. Is that right? And he's only 18 months. He's only 18 months. Oh, yeah. okay. I don't know he's why big. I he was older. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah. He's maybe tall. from a couple of the videos where he's toddling around you. He's pretty mm-hmm. tall. Yeah. Yeah. So I have him it just just playing with the measuring cups, just at least watching me. And I'm mm-hmm. talking to him. This is what I'm doing. This is what gonna this is what's gonna happen. And if when you really break down cooking, it is science, it is math. Oh, it and is it's adding play. and it yeah, and it's it's so many lessons all mm-hmm. wrapped into one. And I'm just very excited for him to get to a point where I can involve him more and he can start like measuring things himself and putting it together. But right now he's, he's just, he would just throw so everything we're everywhere. there with my big kids and it's so much fun. So much. So they go to a cooking camp during the summer, some like Ooh. for like a week, it's like a week long thing. Um, and they already, I was like, you don't really need to do this. You kind of know how to do everything. All right. Like you kind of know how to do all this stuff already, but like they can, they know how to make like little meals, like mostly breakfast stuff. I feel like breakfast mm-hmm. stuff is very like good as first, first recipes to like manage. Cause like they're still, they're still, I get worried about burns, but yeah. like they can have their own little <laughs> knives and um, they have like, they know how to cut things correctly. They know like which herbs are what in the garden. Um, it's so immersive and they love it. It's so entertaining for them. And then like, yeah, you can level up and up and up until like, they'll hopefully be able to cook their own meals. Like Mm -hmm. that would be great at like 15. 
Like cook yeah. everything. And when I look back at my own childhood, because a lot of what I do for homemaking and how I style my home and the energy I put into my home is looking back at my own childhood, because I was very fortunate to have a, a happy home life. I know not many people nowadays are, are blessed with that anymore. And so a lot of my happiest memories were sitting at the counter watching my mom cook, music playing in the background. And so those are like things I'm trying to replicate with my son. And a lot of people will look at homemaking and they'll think, oh, homemaking, cooking, cleaning, you know, that's just life skills. But homemaking is about intent. It's about putting that energy into what you are doing in order to turn what you're doing into more of a feeling. And Mm -hmm. I I probably sound like a crazy person explaining this, but that's what I'm trying to um, get at when I am doing things with my son, when I'm getting the house ready for the weekend to have a relaxing weekend with the family. I am not cooking just to throw food on the table. I'm not cleaning just because it's a dirty house. I'm trying to make the home have an energy and have a peace in it that my child and my husband that that's going to carry with them when they leave the home when they or when my son grows up you're creating this this harmony you're creating this mm-hmm. energy and this safe happy place right um and that's exactly what i want to do with my home and that's where that pride kind of comes into it where that is you know mom makes the magic that's that's yeah. where that kind of comes from and you know i love like granted, I I kind of gave myself permission not to do it this year, but I'm getting back into it is like, I love decorating for each season Mm -hmm. and like changing things over and celebrating each season with like, you know, certain recipes with certain ingredients and like, you know, cooking for the time of year that it is. And like, we, you know, my kids definitely have their favorite time of year based on the ingredients that we have. (laughs) During the, you know, they can get, they don't really love the winter squash as much as they love corn and tomatoes in the summer, but like at least giving them that basic foundational knowledge of this is what you eat when is Mm -hmm. not something I grew up with. You know, the season, the seasonality of ingredients, cooking what's fresh. And we're lucky to live in a place that is very big into agriculture. We live very close to farms. We have CSAs, we have local farms. Um, So it's not super hard to do here. Whereas I grew up outside of Manhattan. So like that wasn't, that wasn't a thing. <laughs> like right. nobody had a, nobody had a vegetable garden and there were no farms. Like it just wasn't part of something that was accessible to us. But now that it is, and like you can learn so much just about nature, about what to plant when it all works together to teach them about life cycles, to teach them about the environment. I mean, the learning and the education is is endless when you're talking about seasonality and cooking and food um, and growing food. And it's such, it's these sorts of skills that are being lost. Right. These sort of heritage skills. And like, I really, I feel like there's, it's such an easy pipeline for people who are into like cooking to get into. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I ran into another account. She's a former chef who's now a mom who does, she does farming content Mm -hmm. because she ended up, you know, creating their own home farm and, you know, growing everything that they can and getting into canning and preserving. And again, these are all homesteady type uh, skill sets. But- yeah. And these are skills that it was not that long. Oh, I keep hitting my microphone. It was not okay. that long ago that everybody 
Yeah. I think about, you know, just elderly people in the, in the area, in my community, they know how to can, they know how to do this. They like, so yeah. like, I don't, my mom knows how to sew my grandmother. I have pieces of baby clothing that Gabriel needs to, my son needs to grow into that. My grandmother hand crocheted, like, mm-hmm. like so top notch quality work. And these are skills that have been lost. And I think, you know, COVID when COVID happened in 2020 and everybody had to be home and we suddenly realized, oh my gosh, there's, we've been relying on a consumerism, on services that other people Mm do. Supply chains. (laughs) Right. And now these have stopped. What do I do? And you know, it got really scary. And you have scary. a whole bunch of time on your hand. Right. And it got really scary because I know down here, I live in Southern Maryland. I live in a part of the state that where I, when I tell people where I live, they say, oh, is it up by such and such town? And I'm like, no, you literally have no idea that this part of the state is even part of the state. And the supply chain down here is <laughs> is iffy to begin with. Like they, they always mm-hmm. forget about us. So it did get scary for a while seeing shelves so bare for so long. I think it took about a year for things to start looking back to normal. And fortunately, I was already kind of into canning and gardening and this and that. And we have a large agricultural community that that pulls together really quickly to make a drive-through farmer's market to, you know, get around some of the restrictions. Yeah. So we would put our orders in online and we would just drive up, give them our name, and then they would put it in our trunk and just we would go home. And it was, I think that experience, a lot of people experiencing that, because I know I wasn't the only one. This happens in so many different areas of the country. It got people thinking like, wait, I need to learn about these skills because Mm -hmm. look at how fragile this system is. All it took was, you know, the COVID pandemic to really show us how fragile things are, how fragile the supply chain is, and, you know, that things can change in in an instant. They really can. And it's also just like, I think having kids changed a lot of my perspective on it Mm -hmm. too, because, you know, you look at what skills you want them to know. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I don't actually know all of those myself. Like sewing, for example, Um, that is one that, again, my grandmother sewed everything. She was a fashion designer in the sixties. Like she sewed everything. I've doll clothes. She sewed for me, Mm -hmm. um, when I was a child. And I feel like, and this is where people get critical of, you know, this is where people over politicize things. In my Mm -hmm. opinion, um, there is a historical reason why these skills were lost. There, There, consumerism and capitalism and, um, women going into the workforce and, I'm not saying that capitalism is bad or women should be home because I don't believe that, but I do believe that these skills should be more accessible. I feel like they should be taught. If they're not being readily taught in the home to everybody, I feel like they should be. And we have home ec, but like it should start younger. Not everybody has home ec either anymore. Everyone should have home ec. Right. Because I remember I had it. By somebody. I had it too in middle school. Yeah. In middle school. So I grew up until I was about 12, 13 years old in Massachusetts, Western Massachusetts. We had home ec. I, and the school system up there, I know how to do an assortment of odd stuff that the public school system thought that the local kids should know. I know how to <laughs> do candle dipping. I don't, I know how to oh, spin wool. That's an interesting choice. Yeah. I know how to spin wool. <laughs> um, okay. Also yes. interesting. Very interesting why they, they put this in the curriculum, but they did have home ec. We did, did have cooking and we did have sewing. But then when we moved here to Maryland, 
That was not nothing. there. Nothing. I think if I were like crafting the curriculum for all public schools, I would say like financial literacy and home mm-hmm. economics yep. should be starting in like elementary school. Yeah. I think you could be upper elementary school, like third to fifth grade, but like what, you know, learning how to hold a knife, how to chop vegetables. Luckily my kids do have greenhouse, which I think is great. Um, they get to learn how to grow things there, but like they could be learning, so, you know, sewing, cooking. Yeah. How to, building. how to mend a button. Yeah. How to mend yeah. a button. A kid could do that. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so because it's on the parents, because it's on the parents, not a lot of parents have that knowledge passed down to them mm-hmm. and therefore are not teaching their children. And again, like. Also, there's like the could... mentality of why fix it? Just throw it away and buy a new one nowadays. That's true. The consumerism and the like the throwaway, the lack of reusing things. And that is a whole other aspect of our culture that I think that I think was like more crafted. I mm-hmm. feel like that kind of was sold to us. And it was a tough sell because I, you know, when you look back at the, at the fifties and, and times like that, when the, like the industrialization of the food systems was just starting, mm-hmm. um, they had to kind of sell it. It wasn't yeah. an easy sell. People were like, eh, this seems, this seems too easy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. I look back up. We live we live uh, about an hour outside of Washington, D.C., so we're able to go into D.C. and see the museums. And I just go into the um, American History Museum, and I go to the – they have this whole exhibit about food. And you yes. can see all the old uh, um, appliances, and I'm just sitting there. I'm like – and my husband's like, what are you doing? I'm like, I'm designing my future kitchen. I want all 1950s appliances that aren't going to die on look, me. If you look at their fridges and freezer systems, mm-hmm. they too, make and all so the much sense. They had it. I was like, these are great. Yeah. So like, like they're so, smaller, but like, like the compartments and the way they thought about design was so much more um, intuitive. Yeah. We want to build a house in the future. And I, mean, I keep telling my husband, oh, these future house builders, these designers are going to think I'm crazy when I roll up in there with 1950s kitchen plans. I would, <laughs> I would like an ironing board in my wall, please. Right. <laughs> like I want I want that golden triangle ratio or, or whatever that was called in kitchen design back then that of efficiency. I think that's I will that's say I have seen some pretty modern touches in home building mm-hmm. on TikTok that I'm like, oh, I like that. Like, have you seen the suction trash chutes? Ooh. No. Okay. That yeah, I gotta tell you, some of the modern things are good too. And the um the vacuum. Oh yeah, the central vacuum where you yeah. can, where you can just like sweep in your mess. Yeah, like that Brilliant. efficiency is is yeah. great. That yeah. sort of stuff I'm absolutely for. And like the little ice maker, like that sounds mm-hmm. great too. But I want an entirely <laughs> waterproof bathroom that I can just hose down everything. Like like they do in I Japan. Yeah. Yeah. I love the idea of the bathing like room part of the bathroom where you mm-hmm. walk in and the bathtub's in there with the shower mm-hmm. because like again kids dogs just like general mess <laughs> like, yeah that would be fantastic yeah we um our house that we're in now was built in the 70s and it had the one like kind of old timey touch it has it has a butler's pantry mm-hmm. so like I love that um but like for the most part it was mis- it's you know it's a pretty modern house. Yeah, this house was the house we live in now was technically built in the 40s, but we bought it from a flipper who tore it down to the studs. Yeah. And made it a we, gray and white house. Oh, yeah. They do do that. That's unfortunate. But when it comes to like building a house around a homemaker, the 1950s mm-hmm. had it for sure. They definitely yeah. thought about like the fact that someone was going to be in this house maintaining it. 
Yeah. And not bringing in their own vacuum and not, you know, like that sort of stuff. And I think so like touching, so we can't talk about homemaking without also slightly touching on a little bit of the trad wife movement because that kind Mm -hmm. of blends in together a little bit. Absolutely. um, I was tiptoeing around it. Yeah. So so we've, because I I go back and forth. Do I want to jump into this? Do I not want to jump into this? Um, So like my history with the trad wife movement was I used to be full on trad wife before I knew about the alt-right and white supremacy The political leanings of it. Yes. I did not know about that when I was using the hashtags back in 2020 and, um, all that, I did not know about it. And I think I've told you this story before. I was, when I started to niche down and make connections with other creators, I was, there was another creator, her name was Elena. She ran an etiquette blog and she was from the UK. And uh, the BBC- fancy. Yeah. <laughs> she, uh, the BBC wanted to interview her and do this highlight the series and she um they dressed her up in the in 1950s clothing and she was so excited about it and um then the special aired and uh she had used the phrase trad wife and after the special aired and we were all so proud of her the special was great after the special aired this article came out and i forget where it was but the journalist used handmaid's tale imagery and revealed to everybody that the, the an alt right group and a white supremacist group on Reddit was using Tradwife. Yes, I was shocked. We and yeah. even talking to Elena, she didn't realize it either. And she took the brunt. She has since left social media altogether because it's of it. It's become almost a dog whistle. And if you don't know, yeah. you wouldn't know. Yeah, but it's very much like how they the white supremacists have also co opted Viking. I, mm-hmm. you know, imagery. If yeah. you don't know that and you're just into dressing up as a Viking, you are accidentally going to end up in some pretty, in my opinion, extremely distasteful circles. Right. <laughs> so. And I had some hard conversations with a lot of the fellow creators that at the time that I was, that I was following, I unfollowed a lot, you know, disconnected from them. And some of the ones that I still am connected with, they still get lumped into that because of how yeah. they look and they've stopped using the trad wife con- um, hashtag too. And I go back and forth whether I want to use it or not because a little part of me wants to like laugh with glee when a white supremacist finds my page, sees me, and then finds out, oh, wait, she's Puerto Rican. She's Latina. And uh, she's living the life that I think everybody should be living. Like that, like a little evil part of me is like, ha, ha, I recommend ha, ha. you should um, <laughs> like put on – the Spanish and then do hashtag trad wife. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I should do that. No, that's smart. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, um, but yeah, talking about the 1950s and homemaking and a lot of traditional housewives, homemakers, we look to the 1950s one because the fashion is fabulous. Don't and we started, Absolutely. yeah, um, I have a 1950s like Coca Cola advertisement calendar hanging in my kitchen just because. The artwork of the time was great. I just really liked the artwork of the time and the advertising artwork, but also because things were efficient and the marketing and housewives were just in general a little bit, you know, in the media too, respected just a little bit more, um, even though there was a lot of, you know, sexism and, you know, abuse and stuff like that. You know, the kitchens, like we were talking about, just efficiency like that. I feel like that was one of the last times, you know, and there may be what I think there was another little bit of a resurgence in the 80s too, where 
you know, just efficiency for the home was praised. And that's where, you know, my attraction to the 1950s is, is that that's when things were a little bit more efficient where, and that efficiency was respected, if if that makes Mm -hmm. any sense whatsoever. No, it does make sense. And honestly, even somebody like me, who's very outspokenly politically liberal, um, I get lumped in with the trad wife thing because of how I appear and how I present and the life that I lead. Because I lead, and I've told people this before, I lead a life of a traditional housewife and traditional gender roles. I'm not a trad wife because of, again, the implications of that. And funny enough that you said that that was a British publication. I was interviewed by the Daily Mail, didn't Mm -hmm. realize it was the Daily Mail. And Literally, she asked me in the interview, so would you consider yourself a trad wife? And I said, no, because of the political implications of that. Um, I don't believe that this is the life for everyone. I don't believe like this is where women should be. I just believe that this works for me and I love doing it. Um, And the headline comes out and says like, I'm a trad wife, but I'm also (laughs) like, and I was like, oh my God. I'm like, because that, that it does carries a lot of implications. Oh, the British media just does people so dirty sometimes. They do. They do people super dirty. And I did not know what I was getting myself into and lesson learned. But at the same time, you know, I don't think anybody would come on my account and think I fall into that ideology. Right. Um, But again, if you don't put yourself out there politically, you could. And I I feel like that's unfair in a lot of ways. Mm -hmm. And I think the only way to combat it, or at least the only way for me to combat it, um, is to, is to analyze this, this moment in history, to analyze Mm -hmm. this idealization of the 1950s housewife, because there's so much nuance that goes into this imagery, um, and the propaganda of it. Now, I absolutely understand what you're trying to say or what you were saying about, you know, there's this point in history where being a stay-at-home mother no longer was deemed enough. Mm-hmm. Um, and I feel like I experienced that feeling when I became a stay-at-home mom. It's still yeah. very much there. You grow up being told you can do anything, get a career, be independent, um, you know, reach for your dreams, all this stuff. And then when you find happiness or you find yourself in a position, because a lot of people don't choose to be stay-at-home moms either. There's a lot yeah. of people who do it out of situations. When you do find yourself there, you feel this, this inherent guilt almost, or yeah. this like lack of pride or this, this shame almost that like, you're, you're not living up to your full potential. You're not doing all you could be doing. And it takes a long time or it took a long time for me to realize that this is where I'm going to make the most impact Yeah, in my life. When I um, was in high school, so my parents were really big for pushing me and my brother more towards trade work. Um, so I went to a vocational high school and I graduated with I think a that's certificate. Brilliant, yeah, and that's that's the same you know route that my husband and I want to you know gear my son up for as well because my husband is also a graduate of a vocational high school and then a community college and then got into the nuclear energy field. So there are so many, you know, your horizons are wide and yeah. broad in in the trade work. So we're going to gear my son for that. But I just remember being called down to the guidance counselor's office and sitting there and she was like, oh, your grades are this. You have a four point something GPA. What colleges or universities are you applying to? And I'm like, oh, I already have my cosmetology license here in Maryland. Um, I'm working at the Ritz-Carlton residences. I'm set. And the nice. disappointment on her face yeah. I was offended. I was like, are you yeah. not happy for me that I'm already set? Like, you, at that 
figured your life path out. Right. And at that time, (laughs) at that time, because I already had my license, I was not going to school full time. I was three hours a day in the morning, just going to English math, not even math, English uh, history and one other class that I needed to get my credit for in order to get my high school diploma. And then I was going to work. I was already making money and I already had, yeah, I was, I was doing it. Steps ahead. (laughs) <laughs> and the disappointment. And then she was like, okay, yeah. well, I guess this meeting's over. You can go. And I was like, Ugh, you, so you're weird. not you're not happy that I, I yeah. already accomplished this much? So, so I experienced this as well going into culinary and going into culinary school. And I was extremely dissuaded mm-hmm. from going right out of high school. Um, me and my husband talk about this all the time about this. There's this, and this goes into the house housewife and homemaking stuff. There is this there's this downturned nose at yeah. at labor or or physical jobs, right? Um, that has absolutely nothing to do with career opportunity or income, even. Yeah, um, because a lot of these people, if you start a trade early, you end up owning your own business. You end up making tons of money. You end up with a set career and owning your means of of uh, production. So. Right. Um, there's so much opportunity there, and we have told everybody that they need to go to college. I ended up being forced to go to college because my parents would absolutely not take it. I was like, I know what I want to do. I want to do it right after high school. I did want to go to culinary school. And they were like, no, they're like, absolutely not. You have to go get a four-year degree. I got a four-year degree. Um, the most I've ever used it is talking about social norms on TikTok. <laughs> right, <laughs> like right. The, the, I, I never went into it professionally because you need a uh, higher level degree. You need a PhD to actually do it for a job. And I ended up going to a vocational school anyway. So I basically lost. I mean, I don't I don't wish I didn't do that. Mm-hmm. But I also was four years behind in my chosen career. So like, I don't think, I think we've gotten away from respecting labor in, right. in so many ways. And housewifing is one of those ways. Yes, it is. It's a labor labor intensive job. And I think I just read somewhere that somebody who stays home with children full time, like their cortisol levels, like it's the highest if it were to be yeah. if it were to be an actual, you know, recorded career or job. I exa- I can't exactly remember the stats, but it's, it's it was the most high stress thing I've ever right. freaking done in my entire right. life. And I was my me and my husband were talking last night cuz we got we we had a little bit of an argument last night cuz stress has been high him at his job us as here Gabriel's like going into his terrible twos early. And I was telling him I was like it's like imagine having to have all of your senses on at the same time while trying to still do your task at work. Like you're trying to listen to somebody have a full conversation while you're doing your job and you're trying to make sure that you're paying attention to that full conversation. That's what it's like trying to manage a toddler and manage a home at the same time. Like I'm trying to cook dinner, but I'm also trying to make sure that he's not trying to climb on the dining room table while the moment I turn my back. And so like the moment my husband gets home, um, I finally can breathe because then I have a second set Mm -hmm. of eyes on him and my husband steps up and starts parenting. So what did we, how did we get started on this? But, um, yeah, just that, that it's such a high stress job. Right. Yeah. And people don't look at it that way. And I've made so many videos on this. I used to work in a kitchen, which is also a very high stress physical job. This is harder Mm -hmm. 10 times. This is 10 times harder. And when, 
I feel like I'm hopeful that when we go forward as a society, we start to realize that not everybody needs a higher education. Right. That not everybody's skill set, not everybody is a scholar, that people will find a career in what they are talented at. And finding your talent, whatever that is, is better than, in my opinion, getting a useless like degree that you're not going to use. And be but in debt from, from that degree as well. So much, so, right. so much debt. And then when it also comes to what we are going to tell our, our sons and daughters they can do, homemaking, I hope, or being a stay-at-home parent will be just as respected as, as a different career. And maybe that's a little idealistic. Maybe like maybe we're a couple generations, mm-hmm. but there is so much value in it and other cultures see value in it. Yeah. Um, and if we are also, and like, I consider you one of these people, if you are these bastions of lost knowledge that is going to help bring people in a, into self-sufficiency, that deserves respect. That deserves it's almost like a, not like a time capsule, but like a, like an encyclopedia of like home knowledge mm-hmm. that I didn't receive from my like family uh, that should be either received through social media or through education. Um, because whether or not you deci- you decide to be a stay-at-home parent, this stuff is going to come up. You're going to have yeah. to cook. You're going to have to clean. Man, woman, non-binary person, whatever. If you are going to Even be a teenager- <laughs> If it's like yeah. a, there's there's a young girl I follow on um on TikTok right now she's 17, and um you her, oh, she's had a lot of videos go viral but she's trying to clean her house because she lives with some disabled her her caretakers are disabled and just she's trying to figure it out and I think of I'm wow. like my heart goes out to this girl and she's turning to yeah. TikTok to fi- figure out how do I clean this how do I fix this because she can't live like she that anymore all of a sudden is. And then there's another um, young girl that I – she just turned 18. Her username was the stay-at-home daughter, and she was doing a lot at home. And people – she was getting hated on. Oh, I think I saw her. Yeah. Yeah, I think I saw her. Hated on. And they were like, oh, you need to go to school. You need to get a job. And she's like, one, I have a physical disability that I'm on disability. I can't get a job. Two, my parents let me live here rent-free. Like – the least yeah. I can do is cook for them and clean for them and, you know, pull my own weight. And that's how – and I really liked her because when she – that was an old video that she was explaining. Because when I lived at home, my parents gave me an option. They were like either pay rent so that we can put that towards groceries or – and it, it wasn't like rent like so we keep a roof over here. It was like, you know, either contribute to help the family in some way, mm-hmm. either monetarily or do, do, you know, pull your weight at home. So yeah, I absolutely cooked a few nights a week. I cleaned the house so that my mom didn't have to because she, at the time, she still is. It is also working. gets you into that habit. You yeah, know, it, it makes that an expectation of your life. So you're not leaving your home and you're like, "Oh my god, I have to cook for myself." Like, yeah, how am I going to figure that out? Like, right. <laughs> yeah, and um, so yeah, that's what I did. And then my brother, when he became of age, he took the rent route. And then now he's like, oh, I need help cleaning. I'm like, well, you should have taken the other (laughs) route instead of what you thought was the easy way by throwing money at mom and dad. Mm -hmm. So, so yeah, it's, it's, it's homemaking skills. And I said, I say this a lot on my account, homemaking skills is everybody. I believe everybody, 
anybody can be a homemaker. Even if you do work full time, if you have a place to lay your head at night and you have a living space that is your own, whether that is a your side of the dorm, a dormitory, a, a bedroom, whatever, you deserve to be able to make that space a happy space and fill that space with an energy that brings you peace and others. And if if you have others to give peace to others as well. I love that perspective on it. It's about making your place a peaceful place to be. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. And that's well, Victoria, yeah. this has been <laughs> so wonderful. I know I've, I've we've got to wrap it up here, yeah. but I feel like we could have <laughs> talked about this. I feel like for a very long time. Yeah. Um, because, you know, we both live, it's so interesting also, you know, when you find, it's almost like finding a coworker. Like we both live in these, like in these roles mm-hmm. and do it probably very differently, but um, it's still something that we can recognize in each other. And right. I am so thankful for your content. You have taught me a lot. And you've taught and, me a lot too. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm, I feel like the social media world is better for having people like you who share knowledge and skills um, and I'm so glad that you took some time today. Thank you to for having talk to me. me about all this. Thank you. And I'm going to tag Victoria and all of her socials down below. Go give her a follow on YouTube, Instagram, and TikTok. And this was such a great conversation. And I will see you on the next episode. Bye. Bye. <laughs>